So I, Sunday night, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday morning was an interesting time for me because I went to bed Sunday night at like 8.45 because I was, haven't been sleeping well. But I didn't actually fall asleep until like 1.30 in the morning. And I was like, all right. But the thing is, I wasn't unproductive during that time. I was laying there in bed and just for like, what is that, six hours, the Lord and I were just talking. And he said something to me that night that I want to talk about tonight. Have, have you ever just struggled? Have you ever found yourself struggling? Not for, not for, you know, not for sin. We often equate, oh, I'm struggling, so I must have messed up somewhere. Or I'm struggling, and there must be like a secret sin in my life. And so we, we equate struggle sometimes with, with falling, with where I've fallen. And sometimes we feel like we've missed the mark, right? Whenever we, we, we are going through life and we're having a hard time. But what if I said to you tonight that the struggle could be part of the making process? The struggle that we're in could be the Lord doing something in us to change us and to, to look like Jesus. See, Romans 8.29, it says that what part of the calling for every Christ follower is to be conformed to the image of the Son. And sometimes that struggle that we're in is God doing a work in us. It's like, it's like a spiritual surgery almost. We, we, hear, that, we hear that quite a bit where, where, where the Lord is like taking things off from us that ought not be there. You know, he's making us clean. He's purifying us and, and we're struggling because it's hard. And we know we've not messed up and we know we've not done anything wrong. And yet it's still so difficult sometimes. And I, honestly, up until I got this message, I was there. I was in it. I was like, man. Why is this so hard? I'm not hearing anything. I'm not feeling anything. I'm just, I'm just struggling. And then it's like, I'm doing something in you. The, the thing that we're calling struggle could very well be a divine encounter with the Lord that he's ordained so that we can do the things that he's called us to do. You see, how do you get oil from olives? You've got to crush them. And when you crush the olive, the oil comes forth. How do you get wine from a grape? You, you squeeze it and you crush it. Grapes are pressed and wine comes forth. So we may, we may be struggling right now, but think of the anointing that you'll be able to have and operate in at the result of the hand of the Lord taking things from you that ought not be there. I have, a, I have a verse of scripture, and I've preached from this verse of scripture before, uh, several years ago, um, in the, in, with the idea of prayer in mind and persistence in prayer. But I want to look at it a little differently tonight, and I think it'll be really interesting. So if you have your Bibles tonight, turn with me to Genesis chapter number 32 and verse 24. Genesis 32 24. I'm reading from the English Standard um, tonight. And in my, my Bible says, And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, Let me go, for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go yes. until you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And then he said, Jacob. 
He said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Verse 29, it says, Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen the face of I've seen God face to face, and yet my life has been spared. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. I, I've always loved this passage of Scripture. And, and, and like I said, I've preached before and I've talked about how persistent prayer and how you hold on until you get the answer from the Lord, right? But I want to, I want to tell you this tonight. This is, a, this is a story of blessing on the other side of struggle. Blessing on the other side of struggle. See, Jacob here is having a divine encounter with God that looks incredibly similar to a struggle. He's having a wrestling match with Jesus. But there's more to it than that. There's more to it than this this physical competition, this physical contest that Jacob's having with with God. You see, Jacob wrestled and he struggled all night long. Have you ever felt like there's no light at the end of the tunnel? Have you ever felt like you've been struggling day after day, week after week with no end in sight? And it feels like everything is just so dark around you. And again, you've not done anything wrong. You've not, you're not engaged in a life of active and habitual and unrepentant sin. It just doesn't seem to be going right. When, when have, you, have you ever just, it seems just so utterly dark all around you. What do you do in those moments whenever, whenever you can't see the light at the end of that tunnel? I say you've got to continue through it. I say you've got to persist. I say you have to push through. Put, you have to stand there steadfast on the promises of the Word of God because daybreak is coming sooner than you think. Paul writes in Philippians 4, he says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul is saying here, I know what it is like to struggle. I know what it is like to feel like I've fallen flat. I know what it is like to be in need. And I know what it is like to need a healing. I know what it is like to need a breakthrough. I know what it is like to need provision. But I also know that I have been made strong because Jesus Christ is with me. The secret is this, church. The secret is this. You may be struggling, but it is Jesus Christ that's with you that gives you strength to endure. He's not saying that I can do anything and everything that I want. Paul is saying here, in struggle, I can endure because God is on my side. I know what it is. I know what it's like to struggle, Paul is saying. And I know what the secret is. That helps me come out on the other side. And it's enduring because I know that Jesus is with me. I can do all things. I can endure the struggle. I can endure the hardship. I can endure these setbacks. Because why? God is with me. 
And we also know that in, in various scripture that the testing of our faith produces endurance. The struggle that we're in could possibly and very well be the Lord increasing our faith and helping us in those times to endure and learn patience. We, I've, I've often heard that it's not wise to ask for patience because the Lord will give it to you. <laughs> and, I, and I would ask myself, why not? If, if it's going to help my faith grow stronger, if it's going to help my, 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 my spiritual endurance, my, I don't like running at the gym. I don't like doing cardio. And honestly, that's something I need to do. But because I don't like cardio, I can't endure as long as I feel like I ought to in other areas of the gym. If I don't want my faith to get tested... How can I endure when the wind and the rain comes? If I, don't, if I can't allow the Lord to, to test my faith and to, to, to allow me to go through these struggles sometimes, how can my faith get stronger? How can, how can I possibly have spiritual endurance if I never allow the Lord to take me through a wilderness season or through a season of struggle or wrestling? It is the testing of faith, of your faith, that produces steadfastness. So with all these things in mind, I want to talk to, very briefly about three things that happen here with Jacob <laughs> as, as the result of the struggle that he had. With the Lord. First, it says that his hip was dislodged. His hip was popped out of joint. And that's very uncomfortable to be in, having your hip out. If, you're, if you play sports, that's a career-ending injury. If your hip is popped out of socket, you, you won't be able to play sports after that. But that's what happened to Joseph or Jacob. His hip was dislodged. What does that mean? When you, you find in Scripture, especially in verse 31, it basically says that he walked with a limp after that. The struggle that Jacob had changed his walk. The struggle, the wrestling, the hardship that Jacob endured here in this moment changed his walk for the rest of his life. What am I saying? What am I saying is this. The struggle that you're facing right now is going to change your outlook whenever you come out of it on the other side. You're gonna do that though. Your walk is going to change, and see, the walk is something that you that you notice is different, right? Whenever I'm walking with a limp, I know that I've gone through something, but it didn't take me down, and I know that the Lord helped me and brought me through it. The Lord could be this very source of the difference in my walk. You know, it says, "Walk in the Spirit, and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh." Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the power of Jesus Christ. Walk. You're going through struggle. Because God is trying to get you to change things about the way in which you're living your life. The reason why you're in struggle sometimes is because the Lord is showing you things and saying the way that you've been living, you can't. Well, I love you, son or daughter, but this is not the way that we live now that I'm the savior of your life. The way that you're living, you can't. If, if you're a Christ follower, spirit filled, you, you cannot live a life of active, habitual, and unrepentant sin. So the way that I live, the way that I walk is changed because of this divine struggle encounter that I've had with God. 
And it's something that I can identify in myself whenever I notice that my walk is different. But other people see it too. Oh my goodness, they've changed. But what's their story? They come up to you and they ask you and you can say, well, I've been through a struggle, but the Lord has brought me out of it. And now I've experienced the blessings on the other side of it. Because the struggle wasn't a defining moment in my life. But what was the defining moment is me standing there and saying, I'm not letting go until you bless me. And I've come through the struggle and I'm blessed on the other side the walk changed as a result of this struggle for it's changed for the better and there's there's a couple of other things that I want to take a look at I'm going to skip down to my third point before I get to my second because I feel like the second is a little more substantial the third point that I have which is the second now is he left a legacy we read this passage of scripture and we don't really focus on the last couple of verses especially verse 32 I'm going to read it again. It says, Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. The struggle that Jacob experienced became a legacy for, the, for his people, his children after him. The difficulty and the struggle that you're facing right now is going to be a legacy that you leave and a testimony of how good God is. The struggle that you're experiencing is going to be a testimony. It's going to be that altar on the other side of Jordan. It's going to be those things whenever you're entering that promise that your children can look back on and say, what does this mean? Dad, Mom and Dad, why don't we eat this sinew? Well, that's because, that's because he was touched by God. Mom and Dad, why do we do these things the certain way? Why do we keep on going to church when nobody else does? Why do we continue reading our Bibles whenever our friends at school aren't? Why are we still pursuing the presence of God because let me tell you about the things that he brought me through. Yes. I remember when I told mom and dad that I wanted to be a preacher. I was so scared because I know the struggle that we went through as a family at the hands of church people. Oh, but let me tell you, there has been blessing after blessing after blessing on the other side of that struggle. I've seen God make ways for me whenever there were literally no ways for me in ministry. I've seen the Lord take a, the, the, an amount of money that I needed to begin my studies for CAMS, the CAMS program. And I've seen him take that from X amount of dollars to zero in a day. I remember going to, I remember driving into the church that I was going to at the time, and I was like, Dear God, if this is what you want me to do, then you have to make the way. I was struggling. How am I going to get these finances? And I go to church that morning and I tell you what, we had a prayer before our service started. And there was a there was a there was a woman in there whom I love very dearly, and she came to me and she said, Son, Follow me to my van because I have something for you. And I tell you that she provided that through, through her, the Lord provided one third of the entire amount that I needed. Why? Because there's blessing on the other side of struggle. And so now I can look back on that and tell other people and hopefully in some way encourage them that it may look tough now and it may seem hard now. But look at this altar that we built. Look at these things that we have written on, this, on our hearts. Let me tell you, Jacob left a legacy 
There was a legacy that, that, that followed him after this experience with God. It's a memorial. The struggle that you're going through is a memorial for you to remember the goodness of God. Because even when, whenever you're being tested in your faith and you know you've not sinned and you're not, and you, you're not messing up and it's still tough, like look at Job, for instance. Where did where Job lost everything? His his livestock, his family, and and after a while there, his friends. Job lost everything. But what does he say? I know that my redeemer lives. And at last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold and not another. What he's saying, even though this struggle might kill me, I'll still trust in Jesus. Even though this struggle might take me to my breaking point, I'll still trust in Jesus. Even though the struggle that I'm experiencing may push me to the very edge of my sanity, I will trust in in Jesus because I know that my Redeemer lives. The, the Lord can take this struggle that you're in because he's, he's designed it to test and to build your faith and He will redeem you out of it and give you blessings on the other side of it. How do I know that we'll come out of it all right? How do I know that we'll come out of this struggle blessed on the other side? Because it says, but he knows the way that I take. He's seen and he's tried me. And when he tries me, I shall come out as gold. It doesn't say he's trying me and I'm melted up and burned away. I will come through it like gold, the most precious of metals. He knows the way that I take, Job says here. He sees the way that I've been living. And he knows there's no sin in my heart. He knows that I've not been engaging in, in, in immorality. He knows that I've been reading my Bible. He knows that I've been trusting him and pursuing his presence. And yet I'm in this struggle. But I know that whenever I come out of the struggle, I'll be like gold. I'll be blessed on the other side. My last point for this in regards to Jacob, he struggled, but his identity had been changed. By the end of his struggle, his name had been changed from Jacob to Israel. It's, there's there's significance. In names in the Bible. They're significant. So we know that Jacob meant supplanter, deceiver, right? And he changed, the Lord changed Jacob's name from deceiver to strives with God. See, the thing is, Jacob's identity was changed and he was known by the encounter that he had had with the Lord. He was known by the struggle. He was known by, he, by the fact that he came through the other side and blessed. 
His entire identity was changed. See, in the Bible, names were the identity of people. He was, he, he, he asked, he said, what's your name? And the, 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 Jacob said, my name is Jacob. He's like, means deceiver. That's how people used to recognize you. That's how other people called you. Your family and your friends, your co-workers call you by deceiver, called you by Jacob, but the Lord calls you by another name. See, when Jacob changed his name, whenever his name was changed, rather, he then became known by this encounter with the Lord. They, they, I can imagine they asked him this. So your name used to be Jacob. Why is it, why is it Israel now? Because I struggled with God and I prevailed. I struggled with men and I prevailed. You see, we, we, we even know then that the nation bears his name after this encounter with the Lord. And I want to tell, I want to say tonight that the struggle that you're experiencing as the result of the testing of the Lord. You'll have this, you'll have this moment like Jacob did here, whenever they, whenever the Lord asks you, what is it that you need? Sometimes I think that we, we identify ourselves by the problems that we have. So as an example, I need this or I the I need this let okay I need healing in my body as an example or I need financial provision as an example or I need X Y or Z Jacob was deceived and he said he was he was he didn't beat around the bush he's like that's my name and God says, that's not your name anymore. I'm changing your name. So whenever people recognize you now, they'll call you by this experience you're having with me. So if you need healing, the struggle that you're in right now is an opportunity for the Lord to say, here is your healing. I am. Here is your provision. I am. Here is your, your this that you need. And I am. Because blessing comes on the other side of struggle. No, he was not Jacob after the Lord changed his name. Abram wasn't Abram after the Lord changed his name. Sarai wasn't Sarai after the Lord changed her name. Because when God changes your identity, you're known by the name he calls you by. This experience that Jacob had was his defining moment as a person. And I tell you now that the struggle that you're in right now is going to be a defining moment in the walk that you have with Jesus because you're going to come through on the other side healed. You're going to come through on the other side delivered. You're going to come through on the other side set free. You're going to come through on the other side redeemed. Oh, and if you've been praying for your children, they're going to have their struggle too. And they're going to come through on the other side the prodigal that's returned home. 
They're going to come through on the other side. The son or daughter that the Lord has brought back into right relationship with Him. You're going to come through this struggle not by these other names that everyone else calls you, but you're going to come through tried like gold. You're going to come through shining like diamonds. You're going to come through pure like untarnished silver. You're going to come through healed. And you're going to come through delivered. You're going to come through with a breakthrough. You're going to come through alive in Jesus' name. Because the struggle itself isn't your defining. My struggle could be a struggle in healing, but it's not what defines me. What defines me is who God says that I am. What defines you is what God says you are. So we, we go through struggles. We go through hard times, not because of a sin, like we want to deduce everything down. And we want to say that everything wrong in my life is because of some sin. That's not always the case. Sometimes God is trying to just clip old vines off that don't bear fruit anymore. Sometimes what he's doing and he's saying, hey, I'm putting you on the potter's wheel. Do you remember when Jeremiah was told to go to the potter's house? And, and, he, and he sees the potter doing this work and the, the, the thing that was being done wasn't quite up to snuff, wasn't quite up to the standard that the potter had set. And he's like, I've got to remake this. Sometimes the struggle is because God is trying to transform you into the thing he's called you to be. Sometimes the struggle that we're having is because we would rather hold on to this idea and this generalization that we've made about ourselves. Whenever the Lord is saying, I want to make you what I want to make you. I want to do, I want you to do the things that I've called you to do. I want you to go to the places I've called you to go to. I want you to say the things that I've called you to say. And I can't do that if you won't let me get you on the potter's wheel. And it's going to look like struggle. And it's going to hurt sometimes. And it may even look a little uncomfortable but I say Lord if you have to take the chisel to the stony parts of my heart then Lord in Jesus name do it until I'm soft and moldable until I'm uh, until my heart has been made a heart of flesh again because I want to be what you want me to be and so if I have to wrestle, if I have to struggle, and if I have to like wade through waist deep mud to get to where he wants me to go, I know that I'll come out better for it on the other side because there's always blessing on the other side of struggle. There's blessing on the other side of struggle. I'll tell you, I'm struggling right now, to be completely frank, doing the things the Lord has called me to do. I'm in a job that I know that's not the call of God on my life. I'm in, a, I'm in, a, I'm in a, a secular job in a secular position that pays great. You know, it's, it's, it's been, the Lord has used this job to provide for me in so many ways. He's, he's blessed me with a house and a new truck. But I'm struggling because I know that's not where he wants me to be. But he's saying, hold on and endure just a little longer. Hold on and stay steadfast in your faith just a little longer. Because on the other side of this struggle are blessings you can't even comprehend. Are things that I have in store for you that you don't even... That she, if you knew what I was doing now, you wouldn't believe it. Is what he says to me. And I struggle sometimes, especially whenever I'm like, I'm not doing... I'm not, I, I'm not doing the things he wants me to do. And as a result, I allow myself to like stop listening as closely as I ought to. That's on me, I'll admit. 
But he's taking me through this to teach me something. He's taking you through your struggle to show you something. He's taking you through it. To, 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 there's, a, there's a verse in scripture, right? And it says basically that everything that you do in seek will be brought into light. And I, I think about it like this. And this is, this is my thought process behind this process of bringing it into light. There's, there's, a, there's a, a part of that, I believe, that the Lord deals with you personally in secret. And shows you things that ought not be in your heart. That don't need to be there in your life. And he says, this is me and you. This is the little light that I'm bringing it into. And we're going to deal with this. And so you have a choice there. You can deal with it. Or he can expose it. He can, he can, I'm reminded of, 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 of news stories of men and women in ministry who have been caught in very immoral acts with their church people. And I wonder if the Lord had shown them in secret. And so I'm struggling tonight, church, because I know that where I'm at is not the end where God wants me to be. And I'm struggling sometimes because I know that there's more He's called me to do, that he's called me to be. But what do I do? Do I sit on my hands? No. I put one foot in front of the other. I study to show myself approved. I trust in the Lord and lead not to my own understanding. My own understanding doesn't know, doesn't have any idea what's going on. But his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And so when I'm in struggle, what do I do? I remember promises that he's given me in his word that he says, I've not forsaken you. I've not left you. I, whenever, when mother or father forsake me, the Lord will take me in. And I'll even, if, Lord, forgive me if this is not what you want me to do. But I'll even add to that and say, when people leave me, when friends leave me, when job, d- d- job rejects me, whenever the church doesn't think that I'm all snuffed with their standards, the Lord takes me in. Whenever I feel like I've been left high and dry by people, Jesus says, here I am, brother. Here I am, sister. Whenever I'm struggling, whenever I'm going through something because this is something that's meant to test me and to make me stronger in my faith, I can say, Lord God, what is it that you are doing? Because this is hard. This is difficult. And he says, you're going to come through like gold. I'm going to test you and you're going to come through like gold. And I say, Lord, if it kills me, do the work. If it takes me to the end of the, if it takes me to the edge of anything that I can try to think and do the work. Hallelujah. I, I, because I don't want to stay. We're not meant to stay in the struggle. The struggle is part of our making process, like I mentioned earlier. In that making process, I, I've read a book. I have a book in my in my library at the house. It's called The Making of a Prophet. And he's not it's not like a step one, do this, step two, do that. It's nothing like that. What it's saying is these are the things you're going to go through as you recognize the call of God in your life for this particular office of ministries, in this case being prophet. <clears throat> but but let me let me suggest to you tonight that. Uh, the making process 
In the, in the prophetic, it'll look like a wilderness experience. Where did John the Baptist operate from? His wilderness, right? But for, for, for all fingers of the fivefold ministry, you have this making process in which you're becoming what God has called you to be. In, in the life of every Christ follower, we have this making process in which we're being conformed to the image of the Son so that we can do the things that God has called us to do. And it looks like struggle sometimes. For Jacob, here, it looked like a wrestling match with God. But don't you know that whenever he came through, he was blessed on the other side? So I guess the point of the whole message tonight is this. Be encouraged. Don't give up. Don't give in. The, the scripture says that in the last days, the love of many will wax cold because of just the rampant iniquity that's running around. And do we not see it in the earth today? And then on top of all that, we in our personal spiritual lives are going through things. <laughs> and it's like, Lord, where does it end? It's night right now. You feel like it's nighttime and, and you're wrestling and you don't even notice it's interesting if you pay really close attention here. Jacob's not the one that noticed the light coming. It was the Lord that says, hey, day is breaking. And by this point, Jacob has this really interesting mentality where he's like, day's coming. Well, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And here's where our persistence comes in. At some point, we recognize we're in struggle. We recognize that we're in this place of hardship or testing. And we're like, all right, God, I'm not letting go until you bless me. And the Lord is saying, the light is coming. It's about time to, to, end this, to wrap this up. What are we going to say? Lord, if I have to stay on my knees in fasting and prayer for 30 more seconds to get what you've got for me, then that's what I will do. If I have to fall flat on my face and seek you for another minute longer to get what you've got for me, that is what I'll do. If I have to hold on to the hem of your garment to get what you've got for me, then that is what I'll do. Jacob didn't say, oh, day's here. Let me just let you go. He said, I'm holding on and I know it's a struggle and I know it's hard and I know that every part of me wants to let go, but I can't. I'm going to persist like the little woman who went to the judge over and over and over again until he granted her what she needed. I'm going to hold on and hold on and hold on to Jesus until he blesses me. Not for my own glory, but that people can see what he can do for them. There was a, there was a legacy that he left. There was, there was this change in the way that he walked in which he operated his life. When, when Jacob got his hip torn out of place, and I don't know if I'm just making it up or if I saw this in Scripture somewhere, but I want to say that that's something that he lived with the rest of his life. And he, his name was changed. His entire, see, his entire identity was changed because of this one divine encounter with the Lord. And, and I'll, I'll say it again. The struggle that you're in could be a divine encounter that you're having with Yahweh. 
I'll let that be encouraging. <laughs> I'll let that be, let that be something that holds you over until the, until the next day. The struggle that you're in could very well be a moment you're having with Jesus. I don't, I don't, I don't exactly know why God decided to wrestle Jacob the way he did. You ever, you ever think about like, Lord, why did you do that? Why did you just not like, what do you want, Jacob? Do you want me to bless you? Why did, he, why did, you, why did you have to come down and contest with him physically? <clears throat> because sometimes he has to take hold of our hearts and mold them and shape them in the way that only he can do. And sometimes he has to get a little physical with it for him to do it. I like these these posters we have, the banners we have on the, the platform up here from Ezekiel. It says, I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you, and I'll remove the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. He's saying, I'm going to come down and we're going to wrestle away all of those hindrances. We're going to come down and wrestle away all of those, those chains that are still hanging off you. Because here's the thing, freedom and deliverance they go hand in hand, but they're not quite the same thing. I can be free. I could be delivered something and still have the shackles that I've not allowed the Lord to get off of me yet. Like the chains can be broken, but what's good? What, what, why would I want to carry around the reminder of the things that he's brought me from? And so this struggle could be him getting those shackles off of you. This struggle that we're in could be him telling us, your heart is hard and I'm trying to make it soft again. It's, it's, the struggle that we're in right now could be the fact that he wants to fill us with the Holy Spirit with a new anointing. But we have to get to a place in which we're totally receptive to it because God said that he doesn't put old wine in new wineskin or new wine in old wineskin. He doesn't he doesn't put the, the unfinished patch on a piece of cloth because if he did, it would tear away. So the struggle that we're in may last only for a little while. Though sorrow comes for the night or lasts for the night. Joy comes in the morning. The struggle that you're facing. The struggle that you're facing, again, might not be the result of a misstep. So you can stop beating yourself up for it, first of all. It's not because you've sinned. It's not because the devil's on your back. But the, the struggle's that you're in and you and, and I can't I can't this says the Lord you're this because this this and this search me O Lord and know me and see if there's any grievous way to me David said basically he's saying search my heart Lord and if there's something in me that's not of you take it out I'm going to we're going to go into a time of struggle with each other Lord we're going to go into a time in which I want to do things my way because the flesh is contrary to the spirit. The spirit's contrary to the flesh. And both are trying to get you to do things you don't want to do. We often think about that that scripture where it's like, well, the flesh is trying to get me to do stuff I don't want to do. Or, well, the scriptures also try to get you to do things you don't want to do. Because 
you know the right thing to do is live a holy life. And you live a holy life by the infilling of the Holy Spirit that's at work within you. But your flesh is making you not want to live a holy life. And so if I have to go through struggle to get things out of me that will not be there. If I have to go through struggle so that other people can recognize your glory in the earth to leave a legacy. If I have to go through struggle so that you can change my identity so that I can walk by the name that you've called me by, then here I am. I'm not expecting it to be easy. I'm not expecting it to be fun. No, not at all. But I do know this. That I do know this. And if you, if you want to stand with me as I close tonight, we'll, we'll, I'll say this last couple things and then we'll pray and we'll go. But I know this, that on the other side of struggle, there's blessing. On the other side of struggle, there's healing. On the other side of struggle, there's breakthrough. On the other side of struggle, there's complete freedom. There's a woman that the Lord has brought to my mind, and I'm not going to say her name. But I know it. Hopefully, hopefully she's watching tonight. I just wanted to say that on the other side of this struggle that you're going through, because you know that you're doing the right thing, but it's hard right now. Blessings on the other side of struggle. Old desires that you've had cut off in Jesus name and on the other side you're set free in Jesus name so Lord God I thank you so much for your word tonight Lord and I only ask that I just I just pray that there was someone that is encouraged by it Father God not because I want to be puffed up but because I know the reality of these blessings that come on the other side of these things, Father. Because I, I, Lord Jesus, you know my life. You know where I felt like Jacob. You know where I felt like Elijah by himself, Lord. You know where I felt like I was all alone. You know where I felt like I had messed up, but I had it. It was just you testing me that my faith could be made stronger. And I can definitely say, Lord, that out of these struggles that I've come through, I know, Lord, beyond a shadow of a doubt that you were there and you brought me through it. Lord God, when the, when, the, when the waters rise, Lord, when the, when the fire comes with the flood, the flood is enveloping me, Lord Jesus. You brought me out of it, Father. And I know that you're no respecter of persons. And if you've done it for me, then you can do it for someone else. You can do it for, for, for whoever is, is, is listening to this, this, this prayer tonight, Father God. Lord, I thank you that blessing comes on the other side of struggle, Lord. <laughs> And I thank you that the struggle is not what defines me. But Father God, it's who you say that I am, Lord. So Father God, I ask, Lord, that as, 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 we, as we seek your face tonight, Jesus, that you would, that you would remember the, 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 the names of Jamie and her two unborn children, Father. That you would remember Emma, Lord God, as we, as we raise them up before you one more time, Father God. Asking you to supernaturally intervene, Father God, in a way that only you can, Lord. And bring complete and total healing 
to both of these situations in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, by your stripes, we are healed. We are healed in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Father, for your grace that helps me walk day by day. I thank you for your grace and mercy that whenever I do mess up, you're not there to condemn me, but you're there to lift me up and say, let's try again, son. I thank you for your, for your steadfastness, Lord. I thank you for your patience, Jesus. I thank you for your kindness that draws men to repentance. Oh, so Lord God, search me and know me, Lord. And if there's any grievous way in me, then Lord, tonight, you and me, like, like two boxers in the middle of the ring, Lord Jesus, squaring up, Father God, if there's anything in me, here I am and knock me out, Jesus. Yes. If I gotta wrestle like Jacob for you to do the work in my life, then Lord God, then let's, let's, let's do it. If there's anything in me that's not of you, Lord God, cut it away and remove it from me, Jesus. I thank you for your word, Lord, and I thank you for the faithfulness of your people. And I thank you for you and for your faithfulness, God, that even when we are faithless, Lord, you remain faithful. I thank you for the sacrifice of, the, of that Jesus Christ was for us on that cross all those years ago, Lord Jesus, that even still to this day does a work, Father. And Father God, I ask that you would prick the hearts of men and women all over this place, Father God, whether in the building or on Facebook Live, that may not know you in an intimate and personal way, that you would prick their hearts and let them understand that they can come to you, Father God, because today is the day of salvation, Father. Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit in a way we've never experienced before, Lord. And as we go, let us go in power and in might, Father God, loving people into the kingdom. In Jesus' holy name. Amen.